Yeah. It was hard. I remember one time I was in the bathroom and I broke down and I was crying and I was just telling God, I can't do this. Like I really can't do it. And that night I slept and the character came to me in my dream. Like Philly came to me wow. in my dream. I saw him and he touched me and boom, I knew him. Oh my God. The next day, performance day, <laughs> I was on fire. Everyone was shocked. Oh my God. Like I had given up. I had like said, you know what? I'm not doing it. I, I knew I was just like, my understudy is going to do it. Like let him do it because he was hungry for it. Mm. He was, he had been in theater for years. He knew how he knew what to do. He was performing better than I was in rehearsals. I was like, you know what? He's going to, I can't do it. That night I slept and Philly came to me. Oh my God. And that's happened twice with Banana Island Ghost. I didn't see the character, but the character just boom. I just knew it. I didn't have to do any characterization. I didn't have to work. It just, landed in my mind Welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishibani, and today I am super, super excited to introduce the phenomenal guest that we have on. He is Nollywood royalty. But just before I get into it, welcome. If it's your very first time listening, thank you so much for joining the fam. Keep the conversation going because that's what it's all about, having conversations and discussions about the things that matter. And most importantly, reminding each and every single one of you, especially as African children, that you matter and your voice needs to be accounted for to keep that conversation going link up with us on social media that is at sakina speaks underscore s-a-k-i-n-a-s-p-e-a-k-s underscore on twitter and on instagram and feel free to follow us on facebook as well now without further ado let me get right into it this gentleman captivated our tv screens through the gripping drama series adjoche where he played the role of a special orphan boy who went on to be the king of otology and his name was alechenu now he made us laugh out of our socks as well as he hilariously brought Sergeant to life in Banana Island Ghost and he took us all the way to Cloud Nine in Omogeto the Saga as Mario. Now the one that has literally put him on the map and has made him even more of my favorites is his current role or let's say the latest. It's not the last and it will certainly not be the least of his roles. He took us to church in this one as he played Pastor Samuel Obalolu in Man of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Aka Nani. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> first of all, first of all, like that was amazing. That was amazing. I was like, ah, ah you did your homework. <laughs> Thank you. I try. So I'm, I'm actually like, curious. Like, did you watch Ajoche? I watched Ajoche. Literally that character. I think it was from Ali Chinua. I was like, who is this guy? Like you brought it to life, oh, wow. sucked us into the story. And it was from there where I was like, if this guy is in a movie, I want to watch him. I know it sounds like the typical thing, but literally from there. And then um, you went Banana Island Ghost. And I know that I haven't done too much of my research because I know those are only four characters that like basically stood out. But in every movie that I've watched or every series or drama that you've played in, like you stood out. I was even telling my sister, whenever he's in the film, like even if he wasn't the main character, like you remember who he is and what he played. So I really commend you for that. Wow. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You make me feel very happy to hear that. I am super blessed to have you here. I still can't believe it. When I sent through that email, I was just like, 
more like this guy just just played man of god <laughs> he ju- like <laughs> he just did oh it oh my god so if you get him like just know that you serve a living god <laughs> <laughs> he just proved himself so thank you so much <laughs> oh yeah great great so how are you i'm doing good i'm well i'm fine i feel blessed mm-hmm. yeah so i also feel excited um about the movie you know the man of god it's doing very well um, yes it's been out a couple of weeks i think about a month a month actually mm-hmm. and it's still on top 10 it's doing very well. It was it was two weeks number one movie in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was in Kenya, Ghana. I was trending in a lot of places in the world. So I'm excited. I mean, I I've been working at this for seven years. You yeah, know? Um, oh, for sure. You know, right now, it's like people who've always known what I've done or seen me and stuff. And it's just opened a wave of like adulation for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i'm like wait but you've always known me we've always said hi but your hi now is quite aggressive yeah (laughs) you know because like people are like we knew you could act but we didn't know you could act this well yeah yeah for sure so it's just giving me like so much more like attention and love and appreciation on a different level yeah I'm, i'm grateful for that and I hope that, you know, I never take it for granted. And I mm-hmm. hope that, um, you know, whether, what other projects I, I jump on from here or from now, I wouldn't let people down and the trust they've given me. For know? sure. So I'm, for I'm sure. even more like now, even more skeptical. And I've always been picky and choosy, but now I'm even more choosy about the work and the projects that I jump on because I want my face to then, you know, make people, like you said, whatever yes. project he's on, he kills it. Whatever mm-hmm. project he's got, it's going to be good. So that's yeah. what I want it for like ever, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about the fact that you said you are very picky and choosy because that's, that's one of the things that I actually want to get into. A lot of the conversations we have here is not just to like highlight and address very crucial issues within like everyday African life, but also to help everyday Africans, you know, to mm-hmm. connect the dots. This is where Aka was. This is where I am right now. I can relate to that. I see that. But this is where he is now. So that means there's a possibility, you know, there's a very big chance that if I work hard, if I push, if I pray, I can get to that very same place so i'm very happy Mm. to hear that and um to help us even more right firstly the world could label you a thousand things as we have right now man of god whatever the case may be but a man is definitely who he believes himself to be so i would like to start by asking you who do you see when you look in the mirror wow first off you know like I just see a man who's trying to just, you know, be the best version of himself mm-hmm. and be the best he can be, the best husband he can be, the best father he can be, and the best, you know, entertainer, actor he can be. Yes, sir. Uh, to be honest, like, I just don't want to let anyone down. I don't want to let God down. Mm-hmm. So I'm just constantly working towards and walking towards being a better me. That's me. I'm yeah. always, like, committed to being a better person, whether it's for my wife, no no matter how painful it is, whether mm-hmm. it's for my family, whether it's for my job, spiritual core. You know, what's very funny is <laughs> I don't like working out. Yeah, um, but same. I remember when I when. <laughs> 
I remember when I was working, I was I was working on the project Ajoche, and you know we had our tops off. It was an epic show. So I I looked everywhere, and all the men around me were all muscular. I was like, what? I'm telling you, know you. what? <laughs> yeah. So was stoned. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get it, mm-hmm. and you know that gave me the motivation and the drive to then go into the the gym. I hit it, and I just wanted to do my best for that character. So that's just something about me. That's who I look. That's what I see when I when I look at myself. Just someone who's striving to make it, to just do right and be right by the people I care about. Yeah, that is beautiful. It also reminds me of like my fatal flaw because, you know, with that not wanting to disappoint people comes that immense pressure, unnecessary pressure that we put Mm -hmm. on ourselves to be so great and to do so good when like the people around us are just like, we just love you the way you are and we love that you're striving, you're just trying. Um, (laughs) Do you sometimes like fall under that pressure? I do. I do. I mean, you know, sometimes most of the pressure is even just from just thinking that we're not enough. Mm -hmm from trauma also perceived misconceptions you know sometimes it's just from within yeah i struggled with i struggled with the self-esteem issue from years back and you know i fought it i've you know tried to conquer but sometimes very few times i noticed that oh this is a form of it mm-hmm. and it's very it's very it's very crazy because like you know i've always been one of the people who i've been always been outgoing i've always been very you know charismatic and yeah you know, i'm a sanguine and so you know i'm an extrovert you won't tell you can yeah. tell but i don't think it was even like a low self-esteem in like my social life but it was just more about me believing that i could do or be who i wanted mm-hmm. to be or chase my dreams and achieve you know i mean when i was in school people always felt like i was the best singer in school and i was wow. the only one who think that i was mm-hmm. and my entire school just felt like Aka is the best singer and i didn't think i was and so i didn't know how much it affected me until until like later in life i had to make it decision to leave my job and chase after my dream so yeah i do feel the pressure sometimes and i think even right now you know my wife is just always you know telling me you can be you can do it yes you are you, mm-hmm. and you are great so she's just been you know affirming words and giving me affirmations and all of those things and those really those things really matter to me you know i definitely love that you guys are such a cute couple no pressure to us single people <laughs> but yeah no no it's it's really beautiful to watch especially because you know your relationship is based on god and just accepting each other and just being real you know i really appreciate seeing that and you know especially from what we refer to as like stars and you know people that are in the limelight we really appreciate that from you thank you so now tell us a little bit about that journey tell us about that transition right from telecommunications i I can imagine you low-key but i i feel so bad for you because i feel like you were just on those phones very jovial and energetic and somebody would just come and ruin your day with like the worst comments because they don't want to hear anything about it so tell us about that transition from telecoms you know corporate work to this energetic star that we see doing <laughs> the whole felakuti thing um in man of god you know what like like i said when i was in school like i was in the arts i was in the choir everybody thought i was gonna you know come out and be the next debange mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and i came out of school i was just like nope I'm gonna go get a job and make money and have an interesting, boring life, but a rich life. That's what I wanted. 
Okay. Um, because I just felt like I don't think I have what it takes to survive and I don't want to let anybody down because I don't want to be like, oh my God, Aka is our star. And then I try hustle and don't make it. I think the, the music scene was very, very like crazy at the time mm. you know that was before you know digital media before digital platforms came and then you know disrupted you know the whole music space yeah so um but i also just didn't feel pulled to chase music as a profession okay. but i always knew that i wanted to be an entertainer that i always knew i was an entertainer but i didn't know in what space so i i got i had a job i had a job but you know what like everybody at the office would always tell me Aka, you're not meant to be here you're bigger than this place and i'm yeah. just like really come on <laughs> sometimes the band will literally come on screen when at the office on tv and my colleagues would just be like Aka, look at look at look at like that's that's what you're meant to be doing that's who you're meant to be yeah I'm like oh my god but i think the turnaround came when my manager said to me Aka you're not meant to be in this place that's my manager mm. and friends would always visit they would say Aka I can't believe you're here I can't believe you're working here what Aka you have you're a star yeah you have to make you a star and I'm just like here all of you saying the same thing at the same time I'm just like what <laughs> so one day I actually had a reality check and I was like if all these people are saying the same thing. Yeah. And I'm the only one saying the opposite. It means that there's a higher probability that I'm the only one, like I'm the one who's mad. Mm -hmm. They can't all be mad at the same time. Yeah. So you know what? I'll take a chance on them being right. And that's what happened. I didn't even resign and chase my dreams because I thought I could like do it. Like I didn't take a chance on my dreams because I was confident in myself. No, I was confident in the voices of the people who cared about me, loved me and saw me for who I was. Yeah. And I was like, if they can see something, then I have to, I have to believe what they're seeing. Even though I felt like, oh my God, I couldn't breathe. I needed to do more. I, at some point, like, I just felt like I was getting choked up in the office space. And don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I love my job. I was good at it. But I was just, I just felt like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance and just go do what I want to do or what I'm meant to be. And, you know, that was it. I resigned. Um, my friends took me out. We traveled <laughs> to Dubai. <laughs> I spent all my money, came back. Whoa. And I had to be jobless for a couple of months. And I made a call to a friend. And then she says, yo, come into our office. We're having auditions tomorrow. I like accidentally. Wow. And I'm like, what? Auditions? She's like, yeah, we're looking for a TV host. I'm like, what? So yeah, that was the beginning of the journey. Um, I started working as a TV show host and then got into acting, um, had my first audition, a couple of auditions. I got into the movie industry. Fast forward to Man of God. I meant to do this character, Samuel, mm -hmm. and be in this film that is basically, I read the script and I knew this was the career flipping film for me. I've been in the industry for seven years. I'm reading this script and I know this is my script. I know it's my name on it, you know? Yeah. And I'm looking at this character and I'm seeing the, the, the fella part where he becomes fella. And I've never been a fan of fella. I, I mean, I respect him, mm -hmm. you know, but I've just never like, you know, listened to his music or been to fella's shrine or all of those things. Yeah. But I, I respect his ideology and what he stood for, you know? So... <laughs> I didn't really delve into his, the character, his part in character development. So, mm -hmm. you know, I always just felt like when I'm shooting, I mean, I've gotten the character. I just want to get the 
the full general scope of the character, you know, characterization and build up. And I'm sure when it gets to, you know, when I'm meant to film Fela's part, I would have been in character enough to easily flip into it. So yeah. like, it would give me like a week to prepare. Oh my God, biggest mistake. I had 24 hours because that oh, was I'm telling you, we got into production and then I'm like, okay, so what are the scenes we're doing? And then they sent me my sheets, my yeah. call sheet. And the schedule, I'm seeing fella scenes. It's the first day, the first hour is gonna be fella scenes. I'm like, what? I had so no time. No time, no time. I had 24 hours to develop that character. So what I did was find another character, somebody else that I could place right beside Fela. That if I fell short of my choices or if I didn't feel confident enough to pull a Fela stunt or a Fela move or a Fela, you know, who else was closer to him that I could fool people with? And that was the band. Do you know that at the AMVCA's event, at the VIP section, I saw him, we were laughing and juicing. And so he, he was like, yo, I saw what you did on my... Of God. I'm like, what did I do? He was like, you pulled me off. Yes, he did. <laughs> now you actually have such. I was a- like, what? Now it, it makes so much sense. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I was like, what? He noticed. I was like, wow. I mean, he wouldn't notice because it's him. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh that was so smart. <laughs> but that was that was amazing. That was amazing. He was like, well done, well done. I see what you did. I see what you did. You merged wow. both of us together. Like he said, he could see some of himself in that, you know, fella scene. I'm like, very few people, very few people see it. <laughs> Jeez. No, like I think you're you're more of a genius than we thought you were. I mean, we already thought you were like super smart, but wow, okay, that is that is quite cool, guys. Like, I wonder what other tricks and stunts that you guys pull that we don't even see. No, but that was that was awesome. I think another reason why like Men of God was so pivotal was because like we got to see different. Like, it was almost like in the movie, you could see how, like, Aka was like, yes, I'm excited to play sort of, like, different characters in one. That's something that I totally picked up because you were, like, this bad boy. And then you had to play, like, Pastor Samuel, you know, like, within his older ages. And it was just very cool to, like, see that development. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that. I've been very, very intentional, especially even early on in my career. I've just been very intentional with making sure that I don't get profiled. I don't get boxed because, you know, especially here in... Nigeria you can get you can easily get pigeonholed so I've been very intentional with finding ways to play different parts and different lives whether it's being a bus conductor whether it's being a chef whether it's being a fine boy lover boy whether it's being a businessman whether it's being a young kid whether it's being you know an older guy a pastor you know student so I think that this film helped me to also show the range you know when i saw the four arcs of this singular character samuel mm-hmm. over a time period i just felt like oh my god this is my business card this yes. is the best way for to see my range in one sitting you know i mean i've done tv i've done theater i've done you know web web series um not many people will have the opportunity to see all my shows or yeah. everything that i've done you know and be convinced but with one film i think that it's enough to convince people that they can take a chance at, on me, you know? Absolutely. How could yeah. I forget, though, your role in Ganajolov as Romanus? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I was like, that was my guy, like, guy form die. But, like, he was just so funny, like, because he was such a real relatable <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
you're very big on honing and perfecting your craft, right? Your entry into the film industry was prompted by other people. Again, you know, seeing the talent and the gift within you. <laughs> but how have you maintained and just gone from like strength to strength and glory to glory throughout these years? What have you practically done? Workshops? Was it just standing in front of the mirror and doing your lines or take us through that? So I always had the desire, the passion, the love for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first person that I saw who made me feel like, oh my God, this is what I want to be. This is who I want to be. And this is what I want to do. Oprah Winfrey. I don't know. For some reason, I would see Oprah on TV and the way she was able to captivate audiences and capture people's attention and yeah. the way she would draw stories and truths of people. And you would hear the most interesting, intriguing stories from her and her guests. I just felt like she inspired so much love and joy. And I was just like, I want to be that. I want to do that. Yeah. And so when I saw Oprah Winfrey had gone into acting when she did Purple, I was just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can act. If Oprah can act, I will. Yes, so- sir. <laughs> I've always had the, oh my God, I would love to act, you know, but I just never took that step until like later in life, you know, you know the story. For me, even though I've not had any formal training and it's not because I don't think it's important or I don't want to, it's just like, I've never just like been privileged to have the funds for that, you know? And then now I just feel like, okay, I've done a couple of research and I've just seen that the greatest filmmakers, the greatest, some of the greatest actors never went to film school or never Mm -hmm. went to act some did but some didn't you know and i just think that it comes first with heart you know so when i was a kid how i became quote unquote a really good singer was i would play tapes of arcade and Mm -hmm. i would do exactly what he did so and i remember like it was case of players at the time so when he does like i believe i can fly i'll i will literally pause the case player and do exactly the same thing and i wouldn't move forward until i get every riff and one he did so if he did like i would do the same thing <laughs> okay Aka, sorry sorry <laughs> oh my god so i think that just like impacted on the way that i also approached learning acting yeah so i would literally watch films that i know have like you know some of the best actors in it and then watch what they do with their face their mouth their eyes their hand their body how they walk how they talk for different characters i would study actors Mm -hmm. and sometimes i would do like i would pause to just you know repeat the facial the facial you know expressions and and expressions and sometimes i would actually watch manga and cartoons because a director once told me you will see the best facial expressions in cartoons so when i'm watching content when i'm watching tv i mean we don't even watch tv in our home like that but when i'm watching films it's it's work for me it's study it's school because i'm watching cartoons not just because i'm enjoying it but because i'm seeing something others are seeing i'm Mm -hmm. looking at expressions for surprise expressions for love i'm seeing expressions for you know fright i'm seeing expressions for you know you know drive i've just learned from what i see you know so basically that's that's what it's well, that's what has been like the secret for me in growing and being better in my craft you know yeah that is really awesome wow from manga like <laughs> now that you say i was like damn that's actually where you you see like the most vivid and like in your oh, face yeah. expressions and stuff oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, I love I love manga and they're they're just very, very expressive, you know. I mean, when I was in university, you know, I mean that then I wasn't an actor. I only just loved manga. But I remember literally almost missing a test because I was watching Naruto. That was it, it was that bad. No way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. The closest I got to that, if that's even manga, God forgive me, is Dragon Ball Z. I loved it. And my mom was like, stop that. Stop that devilish things. Like, just stop. And I was like, okay. It's okay. Oh but yeah. God. No, but it's always been like very deep stuff for cartoon looking. I'm never going to call it cartoons because somebody would just come and kill me for calling manga <laughs> cartoons because it's not cartoons. But yeah, no, that is awesome. Now, what message do you ultimately want to send through your acting because it's more than just playing or portraying fella in this role or it's more than just being this village boy with healing powers or that funny guy you know who can't make ends meet but really wants to live his best life what is the ultimate like encompassing message of course this is your gift and this is your talent but i know that you've thought about this and when you pass on one day what should people remember akanani for Wow. What should people remember me for? Mm -hmm. I've always found this sort of narcissism and God complex in people who want to be remembered for eternity or for the rest of time. Like you want to be remembered after and you see them drive, the drive and they do everything they can to get to the the top because Mm -hmm. they don't want to quote unquote die. They want to be immortal. They want to have their name remembered even after they pass away. But sometimes I, I, I I ask like, but when you're dead, you're dead. You don't know if people will remember you or not. Like you're gone. So for me, it's not about what I want people to remember after I'm gone. And I hope that they do, but I just want to use my life to be, help people be the best versions of themselves when I can have the opportunity to do that for them, whether they remember or not. I mean, the only people who I feel I want, or I know I want them to remember me, it's my daughter, my wife. Hopefully my wife and I go the same day, but (laughs) (laughs) we die together in bed, old and gray. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I want the children to remember that we had a dad who was the best for us. And not just remember me for how good I am, but I also help them to be the best they could be so that they could be the best parents to their own children. For me, it's about leaving a legacy of for family and of family. And yeah. because the truth is, we will be a better world if only we can affect and change our lives, our nuclear life, our children. Mm-hmm. You know, we would have a better nation if we raised better children. We would have a better community if we raised better sons to be better husbands and girls to be, you know, more, should I say, progressive and take their dreams, you know, yeah. you know, and take bulls by the horns. I felt, I feel like, you know, for me, I want to also raise a hundred more actors. I want to raise actors and, you know, media professionals who are, are disruptors, who know how to make a difference in the world because mm-hmm. they know who they are because they know how to tell the world tell the world we're gonna take it even if you tell us no Mm -hmm. you know so for me i'm not even looking at it like how i want to be remembered i'm just hoping that i can i can be a blessing to so many people but also more importantly to my family you know i want to i want to be the best to my parents i want to see them pass away with a smile on their face and Mm -hmm. know that i made them 
proud and I was able to give them the best, best house, best life, you know, because they've suffered for us. So they've that's suffered true. for me. So As in. For me, that's actually what's more important. I think that everything else is going to fade away. The earth will fade away, you know, so I can't hope for something that's that fleeting. I just hope that I help people achieve their own dreams. That's it. That yeah. is beautiful. Yes. Moving along on the same very deep tangent, my most favorite thing about you is how you put God first in every single thing and more especially in your acting career. So how do you navigate, you know, what is perceived to be a wayward industry with God and how has your relationship with Christ been pivotal to your success? Yo, man, that's two questions. (laughs) Wow. I don't think like oh my God, our industry is like wayward. Mm -hmm. I feel like waywardness is in every industry, whether it's banking, whether it's politics. So true. (laughs) Like, mm. yes. Ours is just, you know, in the open because Mm -hmm. we are in the media. We are in front of your faces. That's all. But I think that everywhere there's waywardness. It's a human thing, you Mm -hmm. know? So for me, how I even deal with that is the truth is I'm not even perfect. And I think that that's what has also helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep it on the low. Like I know that I'm not Superman. So my head is always bowed. My shoulders are like Mm -hmm. down because I just know that this guy i'm flesh and i can i can mess up anytime so first off i know how to call for help Mm -hmm. so i i surround myself with people who love me but also can hold me accountable yeah and i'm open with them because i know they don't judge they won't judge me Mm -hmm. so when i feel like omg i feel like i'm about to lose my way they will be like hey and sometimes when, even if I don't see myself going off script or losing my way, they see it and they yeah. call, me, call me out of my, mm-hmm. you know, they're just people that are in my life that I've given the absolute permission to, should I say, disrupt my life, to crash my agenda and tell me the truth. Yeah. And I've also given myself the permission to listen to them 100% and trust them 100%. Sometimes I don't even care if I'm right. If my pastors say, go this way, don't do this, I will obey. If yeah. my mentor says, do this, because I, I feel like every man needs that. Mm-hmm. You need people who can tell you not to do something and you listen because if you get to the point where you don't listen to anybody because you always think you're right or you're you're in your head a lot it, you're gonna run into trouble that's true so for me i have people that also hold me accountable but also i'm in a place you know where i don't want to let god down and i know he's counting on me for so much so mm-hmm. I'm also scared. I'm always scared in a place where I just, I'm always needing his help. Let me not mm-hmm. say scared, but I'm always needing his strength, you know, because, you know, sometimes I'm aware of my frailty and my weakness. For me, it's a daily, daily walk in strengthening my relationship with God, strengthening my relationship and hunger for the word of God yes. and making sure that I'm not just reading the Bible, that I'm not just listening to sermons that I'm actually doing, you know? So yeah, that's what it is for me because there's no point being a Christian if we're not living like, like Christ exactly you know? mm-hmm. yeah so for me that's that's what it is you know and I'm not saying that there aren't temptations or there aren't times when you know um I've fallen short but also because I know that I have a God who loves me and I can also you know depend on that love to be who he wants me to be basically so even in my work I look at my work and I do my work through the lens of Christ I know that in the spiritual realm 
<laughs> oh my god, am I am I about to go deep? It's okay, do that. <laughs> go deeper. Like <laughs> in the spiritual realm, there is always there's the battle, and it's a battle for influence, mm-hmm. and there's the forces between good and evil fighting over the seat of power or influence on the earth yeah and the truth is demons don't have access into this world angels don't have access into this world unless they are permitted by human beings exactly and so when we permit angels and spirit beings to work through us work through our lives in the work we do in our businesses then we allow them to also fulfill their agenda on the earth there are agents and there are people who give permission to certain spirits and those spirits come and also fuel their agenda whether it's through you know politics or through the tv shows Mm. that we watch and they're propelling propaganda that is inspired and sponsored from the negative but also Mm -hmm. i'm very aware that i have to be conscious of the fact that i need to let god also through my life and through the work that i do and through the stories that i tell and the lives that i touch and the life that i live Mm -hmm. to also Mm -hmm. give permission to god and to his spirit to also then you know live on the earth and see through my eyes and heal through my hands and touch through you know my very hands too and also fulfill his own propaganda on the earth Absolutely. and so my mission is not even to attack anybody or bring anybody down or say anyone is evil or you know like my mission is just to be a witness and to be an alternative to everyone that you can be successful you can rise in the industry with good morals yes. with scandal free um without having to do you know yahoo yahoo or being a scammer yes you have a nice car you can have a good family Family. You can um, raise godly children and good children. You can be an inspiration to the world. You can buy a house. You can make it in Hollywood, even when you're born again, even when you're a Christian, even when you have good morals, even when yes. you stand for something that's good, for the right thing. So for me, that's that's my job, to be a witness, to be an alternative civilization. Do you understand what I'm saying? I love that. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I didn't even have to ask the question in that way. You just gave it to me, like, those basketballs everywhere. Like, I'm very, 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 very grateful for that. I love that because that's the message as well. It's like bringing people on here and saying like, look, he can be there in VCAs, gracing the red carpet, doing this, doing that, but he's doing it through Christ. He's doing it with the spirit mm. of God. He's doing this to propel the gospel. Mm. There's there's more to life than just like you said, yeah, we, are, we don't have to bamba for you to become somebody. Like, yeah. Let's remember yeah. that God is the one who created the universe. He's the one who, yeah. you know, gives authority to kings. Mm. So let's, let's remember who the original victor who the actual victor is in this entire story yeah and, and the judge yeah yeah absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. jinx you that. owe me a drink <laughs> wow okay i hope it's soda because clearly after this conversation, <laughs> we are not having anything that is not <laughs> Oh my god. No problem. No problem. Like I promise you, when I come to Nigeria, I have to Yay. like I have to do like a whole reunion with all the people awesome. that I've spoken to. Yes. So that would be absolutely amazing. Now getting to more of the again, just the deeper stuff. Cause I really love these deep questions. Like these are the things that like remain with people and help them, you know, and like move them forward. Um, so let's speak about like the Nollywood scene, right? Because you've been there for a whole seven years. And I feel like it's so beautiful, even in this moment that we're speaking of this, because that's like the number of perfection. But I mean 
anyway, you've been there <laughs> for seven years. And I think that's enough time to sort of gauge, you know, the kind of space that you're in and what you would love to see happening, what you'd like to affect in it even, where you'd like to see it go and like what you're really proud of. When you look at Nolly, what are your thoughts? And and just looking at it from like the general African movie scene as well, what would you like to see improving and what you absolutely love about it? Oh my God, like I love where Nollywood now is. Mm-hmm. It's such an amazing time to be in Hollywood. This is the time where we are getting on global markets, global platforms. Mm-hmm. We are, I mean, we have Netflix here, we have Amazon here, HBO is trying to come in. Um, you know, we have Showmax. All these wonderful platforms are the are our window, windows to a global world. Yeah. And taking down boundaries. And it's just beautiful to be a part of that. And with that comes more responsibility, of course, to up your game, make sure that you're giving A plus every time because mm-hmm. you never know who's going to just bump into a show that you're on or a movie that you're on. Yeah. And hopefully that leads to, you know, what I'm hoping for Nollywood to get to, which is collaborations with Hollywood and Bollywood and, you know, UK projects. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's already happening with South African projects. You know, there's a cross a cultural and artistic exchange going on yeah. um, between nations. And I hope and I believe that Nollywood is going to get there where our producers work with producers uh, abroad, actors work with actors abroad, you know, and we can all share, you know, from Kenya to Canada to the yeah. U.S., to Jamaica, we can all work on projects because the truth is there hardly is any country you can go to that you wouldn't see a Nigerian or you wouldn't see an African at least. So Very why the heck can't we be represented in every project that comes out of the world or Hollywood or UK? Yeah. So I feel like it's a good time to be in the industry and it's a good time for the industry itself, you know, and with this comes in more income. I mean, now there are people who can live off on being just actors and that's a good thing because before it couldn't be that way you know so that's that's a good thing awesome and same same wavelength looking at now the state of life and governance because you do talk about politics you have been you know very vocal about it on Akabant which is your YouTube channel and just as Aka in general um, recently you even had a very bad experience with the Nigerian police so looking at and and my apologies for that by the way I'm just really grateful that you came out of that alive um Thank you. You know, and unscarred. But what are your thoughts now on the state of life and governance in Africa? Do you see hope? (sighs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right now. Um, do I see hope? Oh my god. Please remember that you're a Christian. So you have to say something, (laughs) right? I've decided that the world is gonna continue being the world. And everything has been foretold. Everything that's happening has been foretold. If you read the Bible, it's showing the world gets darker. It gets more painful. It gets scarier. Mm -hmm. It's meaner. It gets wicked. And so the world will continue being the world. I've decided not to think for the world, not to carry the pain of the world, Mm -hmm. not to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. My obligation, my charge, my commission is to be the light and to remain being light in the world. Absolutely. And for me, that's what I can control. I can't control people who will do anything to hold power or clinch on power. 
Mm. I can't control people who would rather take 5,000 naira from a politician and sell their votes. I can't control people who will only fight and talk on Twitter, Twitter fingers, but don't have PVC cards. I can't yeah. control any of I'm tired. I literally got into depression last year. And that's one of the things that stopped, made me soft pedal on Akabans. I was getting depressed because it was bad news after bad news in my country, bad news. And I was losing hope. Yeah. Yeah. My job was to take the news, put a positive spin on it or make, put a comedic spin on it and serve it up to the people. But I became the one who was literally like the filter. And that was too much for me. Mm -hmm. So I decided let the world continue to be the world and let me do me and be me and be what God wants me to be and fulfill my purpose. That's true. And I will create a bubble at least in my immediate community and hopefully the light can affect others and then the light can expand. Whatever, whatever government happens, whatever government comes, whatever, I don't even care. I just know that it's, it's going to be well with me and my, my own folk, period. Yeah. <laughs> my people, my tribe, my communities. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about people who, you know, will be proactive in taking the right steps, making the right choices in their lives. I think that nobody can steal from you, take that away from you, mm -hmm. you know, to, to be better in whatever sphere you're in or you find yourself in. Nobody can take that away from you. And so far you're doing that, you will always rise and shine, period, you know. But for now, man... Ah, I can't because the way these Nigerians are looking now. Hey, God, election coming in 2023. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> so to all the true besties out there, if you're listening to this, please make the right choice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sue. Oh, no, guys, it's quite rough. I say it's funny, but obviously it's God's way of doing things. I also came to that conclusion recently because I was just like, I can't fathom the kind of evil that has overtaken one's soul to rape. Yeah to kill to yeah. you know to just propagate all of this like darkness in the world but yeah. but ultimately yeah. we have to be the light and you need the darkness to be the light if if you get what i'm saying so just mm. like you said mm. i also was just like look the world will remain the world and i just have to do my part yeah. in it just like you said like it sounds like i'm repeating your words but it was literally that realization that look god wouldn't have put wow. us here if there was nothing that we could do. There was no impact, wow. nothing else that we wow. could add to this. No, you know, so we just literally need to hold on to God, just like you said, constantly needing his help and going to him for his help and just being the mm -hmm. light that he called it to be. That's just it. And just praying for others to be that light as well so that we can just shine a greater light on this world because the world is the world and the world is wicked. Twi the, yeah. the Twitter the Twitter streets have shown us how wicked this world can be. Ah, so, so yeah yes, yeah for sure so getting to the ending which is always the worst part of every episode um mm -hmm. of all the the characters that you've portrayed which one was the most difficult to interpret and why uh, oh my god <laughs> a most difficult character to interpret it's a, actually a theater show play Mm -hmm. was um, Heartbeat the Musical. And I was playing the character Philae. Philae uh, was a renegade soldier, a renegade leader of okay. like, you know, a Latin group that wanted to fight against the oppressive government. Mm -hmm. um, a rebel, basically. And um, it was my first time ever doing theater. It was also a musical, but it was very intensive. And I had to be the leader of a rebel group yeah with other actors that were taller huger had more muscles than i did mm -hmm. 
And I was just like, I never, I had never known the rules of theater before. I never did it. So I was learning everything on the job. And I came to that set. I came on that project with my shoulders, my shoulder pad, like, hey, hey. I'm <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, how untalented am I? Wow. <laughs> when the chips came, were down. I was just like, OMG, I don't know Jack, mm-hmm. you know. So to be honest, like it was tough for me because I had to start learning rules and movement and how mm-hmm. to just so you know theater is a different ball game altogether and all these people that I was acting with they all knew they were all they were they knew the trick and everything so um that was hard for me to start learning listening asking yeah um, every other person my colleagues you know I had to now uh bend down like my dear friends help the ball. <laughs> please please now <laughs> you know um it was very uncomfortable theater breaks your walls and your barriers you know because I was coming from a tv background I was just like oh my god like there were exercises that were so uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. you know they would tell mm-hmm. us to sit down and look into each other's eyes for five minutes and not say anything or hold each other's hands and just move in circles like I was just like what is this it yeah was, it felt so intrusive oh my god I was just like no <laughs> You know, but they were breaking those walls so that we could all work together as one unit, one family, because it's theater, you know, um, you can't, you can't fake reality. So it has to be real, you know? So also the character was huge. It was a huge character. Oh mm-hmm. my God. It was so hard. How can I be believable when I'm talking to someone who is twice my size and giving him orders and he obeys because he fears me? How can I portray that fierce leadership from in from my position on stage and make you believe it you watching me and seeing that oh my god he actually has control over this person yeah it was hard i remember one time i was in the bathroom and i broke down and i was crying and i was just telling god i can't do this like i really can't do it and that night i slept and the character came to me in my dream like feeling came to me wow in my dream I saw him and he touched me and boom, I knew him. Oh my God. The next day, performance day, (laughs) I was on fire. Everyone was shocked. Oh my God. Like I had given up. I had like said, you know what? I'm not doing it. I I knew I was just like, my understudy is going to do it. Like let him do it because he was hungry for it. Mm -hmm. He was, he had been in theater for years. He knew how he knew what to do. He was performing better than I was in rehearsals. I was like, you know what? He's going to, I can't do it. That night I slept and feeling came to me oh my god and that's happened twice with banana island ghost i didn't see the character but the character just boom i just knew it i didn't have to do any characterization i didn't have to work it just landed in my mind with filet and samuel they came to me literally (laughs) wow yeah and i prayed it was always through prayer Mm. No man, this is awesome. Very, very, very awesome. So that's wow. it. I think Philly was just the craziest, hardest, hardest part of mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And guess what? It was my performance in Heartbeat the Musical 2016, 2016, that Bolali Austin Peters, the producer of the movie that I well, that I just did, which is Man of God, saw me at and she made a mental note and said, that's the boy. I, I really want to work with this boy. That's the boy I'm going to use for a project later in life. And I mean, she didn't even know what she was going to do, but she just made a mental note of this guy who portrayed this character called Philip. That for me is just crazy huge, you know? Yeah. I mean, at the same 
something with you know i was just on the cover of a magazine here in nigeria and you know the editor was like she was in that hall and she saw my performance oh and my she was, she was gassed she was fanning you know but we, she never said anything we never met we never said a word now five years five six years later she's watching you know netflix and boom my face comes on screen and she's watching that she's like oh my god that's the boy i saw years back in the theater show <laughs> <laughs> and immediately she starts reaching out to anybody she knew who had my number and who could contact my team to get me on her magazine like it can only be good <laughs> wow it can only be good so whoever that's gonna listen to this episode and just like make a mental note of my skills and everything like thank you <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm telling you, like <laughs> with this podcast, it just comes full circle with everyone I speak to. The people that I, I speak to, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I want to speak to this person. But like, if God never talk, I'm like lying. Yeah, it's not, not gonna, gonna happen. happen. It's not gonna happen. So, like when you said yes, I was like, flip, this is amazing. Cause he's like God-fearing and he's amazing. And it just makes so much sense. So Guys, if God has chosen you for something, best believe you can run away, but you will find yourself in the belly of a fish and you will like that job (laughs) (laughs) and you will thrive when you come out. So yeah, that's all I'm saying. But to end it off, like this is definitely not the least, you know, part of you because you're a happily married man. And I'm going to ask you one question at the very end, you know, just to tell you that I've been, I've been watching your stops. Um, <laughs> happily married man with a gorgeous wife and a beautiful baby girl. Please leave us with a word, you know, because a lot of people are just very scared. Like a lot of young people are very scared of commitments, are very scared of marriage. But here you are very young and fresh in the industry, but mm-hmm. you are married and you are very proud of it. And like, as in, if you, if you search Aka, it's Aka and Claire everywhere you know what i'm saying so it's, it's something that we <laughs> pride and we love to see that so please leave us with like a word of advice you know about leading a well-balanced married life and career without blurring the lines or sacrificing time with your loved ones wow just you know how to balance work life marriage family time always being true to yourself listening and prioritizing what's more important for me family is more important than career yeah having a happy home and training a good child is more important than having flowers and accolades so i'm always prioritizing and i'm not saying that i look down on my responsibilities as a father as like a provider or like you know to my job but i always know like when i have to say no or when i can go because you know it's that tension to pull give pull give yeah pull give you know um when my baby was born i said no to everything for three months and i didn't care i mean and god has blessed me with a wife who doesn't care yeah. you know if i'm not earning money now um if there's no money in the account we're good we fine we will drink the gary and we'll be fine yes know? i just wanted to be there for her there for my baby and that for me was more fulfilling that's what makes me happy and it might not be the same for any other person for another man for him yeah. he's own way could be to grind and be out there hustling and getting it getting it together for his family and that's what he feels is his 
optimal fulfillment in life. For me, it's both. And so after doing that for three months and learning how to give my baby a bath at three weeks old and doing that, um, making sure that my wife and my kid were in a better environment with the help and support system they need. I Mm -hmm. then went back and then when I'm out working and I'm away for a month or two, I come back again and I say no to projects because I need to also invest in my wife, spending time with us, spending time with my kid, giving her a bath at night so she doesn't forget that she has a dad. So it's always a situation of giving and pulling and giving and pulling and listening to when my wife needs me or when she needs me more at home and I have to you know also let her also um the time to also do what she has to do and so if I say no because I gotta stay home for my wife to go out because sometimes like we can't leave the kid at home alone I mean for a long time we didn't have a nanny like for months and months and we were just scared of having someone else come take care of our baby for us Mm -hmm. you know or just the, the thought of having a stranger sleep with my baby in another room was scary yeah you know because i'm sleeping and i when i'm sleeping i can't see what's happening <laughs> you True. know so, um i would say i'll stay you can go you do you you be you you know so it's just a given pull situation and just mm-hmm. weighing constantly you know but just being true to yourself so yeah not feeling pressured to do anything you want them to do yeah that's that's what it is for us and you know i just want to let people know that there is true love out there there is real love out there and, and that's what myself and my wife try to show people and inspire mm-hmm. that there is love and that we can grow two young people a man and a woman old or young or young and young or young old and old can grow together and love each other and try as much as possible to be the best versions of themselves for each other you know i don't want people to believe in the transactional relationships and love that is happening or shown on social media it's there's more to it and yeah that's what we just hope to share with the world and hope we can inspire true love and make people believe in it again so beautiful so my question now i know that is a mumu question but how is married life my dear married life is sweet i mean to be honest like it's not easy sometimes sakina i'm a true fool with you like it's crazy it comes with its own like craziness we've had ups and we've had downs like crazy down yeah like wild downs on both sides like I've been pained and hurt and she's been pained and hurt but like I said we always are committed to being to always working on ourselves for each other we're committed to the journey and I think for us love is about forgiving and forgiving Mm -hmm. period well, I forgive, she forgives. I mean, I mean you I mean when we, when it comes to relationships, even siblings, relationships, like parental relationships, relationship with friends, people hurt you and they don't even mean to. Yeah. But the truth is you're hurt, you know? And so you always have to forgive and forgive and forgive, but just never intentionally going out your way to hurt the other person. That's what's more important, you know, because that's where you now begin to lose respect and begin to, you know, be abusive. But Apart from that, like, you know, we're just grateful that we also have an amazing support system. We have mentors, we have parents who love us. You know, my parents are wonderful people. Her parents are wonderful people. And we're just blessed to have that. Yeah. I love it. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of this epic episode with yet another amazing African who's doing wonderful things and rewriting the history and the narrative of Africa. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more of these, please go into Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, 
Apple Podcasts and many other platforms where you listen to your podcast. Go on to YouTube and subscribe to Akabants for all the juiciest, just top trends, trending Twitter topics, all of that saucy stuff. And go to Aka and Claire and subscribe. This is not just let's go and visit and just stay for two minutes. No, let's go on and subscribe and be part of the ABNG, which is the Akabants notification gang and become a bestie, man. Come on. And also go on to Instagram and follow Akanami <laughs> on Twitter because wow, <laughs> I heard about all the times that he was dragged and I laughed. I, I, you know, because it's funny, but it was not funny to him, but it was, it's funny. So all of that and then some, <laughs> and continue to watch Man of God, the movie. Bolano Austin Peters, thank you so very much, ma'am, for continuously just giving us great African stories and keeping us entertained, but also informed and educated. It has been lovely. Yeah. Aka, thank you. God bless you and your beautiful family and just continue to be you because we love to see it. Thank you very much, Sakina. And thank you for having me on your show. It's been such a pleasure. And with that said, <laughs> Sakina has spoken. <laughs>